0: Hello? Hello? Oh, good. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks.
0: I'm good. Oh, thank you for coming on.
1: No, that's fine, no problem, no problem.
0: Oh, so anyway, let's talk about your football. Yeah, sure. sure. Your football story. So, at age Mm -hmm. four, you actually started playing football for a club. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're right
0: there. And how did you actually get into football originally?
1: Well, to be honest, since I can remember, I've always played football. But I've always played football within my family and also with my friends from school. So I think it mainly just started from from my family. Always just playing playing football whenever we would go to the park, we would play football there, and also in the garden we would play football and watch, watch it on TV. So right from the start, mainly influenced by my family.
0: Oh, I was also reading um You weren't originally a goalkeeper. You're actually an outfield player. And how did you get into playing goalkeeper?
1: Well, when I joined my first team, which was at age five, obviously when you're young, you, you get switched around in the positions. Everyone plays in different positions. So I would play on pitch as well as playing in goal. We would always just rotate it. Yeah. And my favourite time, I felt the most comfortable being in goal. So... Ever since then, i decided that I wanted to be a goalie, so probably from age five, five or six, when I decided I wanted to be a goalkeeper, because when I went in goal, is where I did the best. Obviously, I played my best football, and also I enjoyed it the most. I felt the most comfortable in goal.
0: So did you play for your school originally in goalkeeper as well, or did you play outfield for your school?
1: Well, through primary school and my early years of secondary school so year 7-8 um, I've played in gold for my school team but recently I'm currently in year 10 at school but recently I've been playing on pitch because obviously it helps me a lot with my feet, I've not only played in pitch but in school or out of school if I ever go and play with my mates so I'm just training I always like to play on pitch because it's really good for my feet really, I feel more comfortable with the ball at my feet it's very good for my ball control And it's benefited me a lot. I really see the difference with my ability on the ball, with the ball at my feet. When having played on pitch, to when I go in goal, I feel a lot more comfortable, and it definitely benefited my game because my the ability, my ability with my feet, not only my passing but also my ball control, is my biggest strength.
0: Oh, so do you find nowadays goalkeepers should be good with both their feet and hands?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's essential. You look at all the top goalkeepers in the world and it's it's a must that they're good with their hands. That's standard, obviously. You need to be good at coming for crosses, you need to be good at shot stopping, good at all of those basic handling things. And then the top, top, top goalkeepers are also footballers. They're not just goalkeepers. They're just like any other player on the pitch, so it's very important to be comfortable with the ball at your feet because you can be an extra option on the pitch, you can be the 11th man, and it's also important to be good with both feet, not only your right foot, or not only just your left foot, your right and left foot, because you never know where you'll be pressed from, where the pass is on, so it's important to have the ability to play with both feet, just like any outfielder would.
0: Yeah. So anyway, um, at age 11, you actually represented London District. What was that like?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a really good experience because we were playing against all the bestis around the country. So it was um, it was good exposure to see what football was like in other places of the country, not only here in London, in the southeast of England. And it gave me, it gave me as well... More experience playing at a higher le- level, playing with better players. Because obviously at that time I was still playing grassroots football, and in those district games we would play against academy players, so they would be really good, and it was it was a good test for me. And we did well in that season. We we got to the final of the national, of the national district cup, but unfortunately we lost in the final. So it was a good it was a good experience, and I learned a lot and it benefited football a lot as well.
0: Oh, was this your first real chance of actually showing how great you are?
1: Yeah, to be honest, it was, because at those district games, there would often be a lot of scouts, because they knew that that's where the best players would be from each area of the country, so they would come and look there at those, at those games. Because previously, I'd been playing grassroots and not many... Scouts would come and watch, and there more scouts came and watched, And from there, one Chelsea scout saw me, and I went into a development centre at Chelsea. So it wasn't quite the academy; I wasn't signed or anything. Um, but once a week, I'd go. i go to the Chelsea training ground and I'd train there as a development. It was a development centre, and I was, I was very good because the coaching there was a good level. You had goalkeeper-specific coaching, and I was there for just over two years before I got signed to Arsenal and I feel like it really did help me being there because a lot of the time I played with boys that are two or three years old than me. So when I was twelve, thirteen I played with fifteen, sixteen year olds. So it helped me play with boys that were a lot older so the game was much faster and it helped um the physical side of the game.
0: Yeah, because I was gonna say, what was it like um actually oh well, getting the call or email Saying you've been scouted for Chelsea.
1: Well, it was it was um, it was a long process if I'm honest, at first because my dad was in contact with the scout, and, uh, and I didn't get invited for a few months. But then eventually, after a few months, I came there. Uh, I went for a training session, and then I stayed there for like I said, over two years, and it was, it was. It was good. Obviously, I didn't get the same excitement as I did when I knew I was going into Arsenal to go on trial because that was at the actual academy. But it was still a good achievement and it was, um, it was good to know that my talent, my ability was being recognised by other people and it, it gave me a boosting. To know that I was good enough to be, be there means I had potential, means I had the potential to improve. So that was a very good feeling.
0: Oh, so would you say Chelsea was the first moment where you properly believed you could become a professional football player?
1: Well, I've always believed I could become a professional football player right from the age of seven or eight when I decided what I want to do in my life. And I would say these experiences, they not so told me, yeah, I know I can be a professional football player now that this has happened. they... Sort of, they confirm the fact of what I think about myself, what I believe in myself, what my ability is, and yeah, they like I said, they confirm that I'm good enough, that I'm good enough, that I know that I won't be able to make it to professional footballer, and uh, my goal is to become the best goalkeeper in the world.
0: Oh, because I was gonna say, at your time at Chelsea, you actually spoke to probably one of the best goalkeepers who's ever played the game, Petr Cech, and what is that like?
1: Yeah, so Petr Cech's son would train there at a younger age. His son was only four or five, I think, at the time. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit older, six or seven. So he would train there before I would have my training session. So one night, I saw him there. He was waiting for his son. And at first, I couldn't believe that he was there because he was my first idol since I'd started playing football. He was always been the goalkeeper that I looked up to. And I like to base my game off him, and it was it was a really good experience to 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 speak to him because, as you know, at that time, and I think he he has gone down as one of the greatest goalkeepers in history, and he was one of the top goalkeepers in the world at the time. It was really good to speak to him and get some advice from him because when it's coming from someone who's played at such a level, you know that. Any little bit of advice can make a big difference. And if it worked for them, it must work for you because you see you see the success that they get from it. So it was a really good experience speaking to him and meeting him and I learned quite a few things from him.
0: Oh, do you remember any like, particular advice he gave you that's really helped you grow as a goalkeeper?
1: I would say the biggest advice he gave me was it was how to... Uh, I will to strike the ball better when I'm playing longer passes because at the time when I was maybe like ten, eleven, I was finding it a bit harder to to kick the ball further. It was cause I it was a bit bit more of a of a difficult difficult skill because I hadn't really done it that much and he helped me with the technique for that and I put the technique into practice and then after only a few months I was I got a lot better at it and that as you can see now which is one of my greatest skills, is my greatest strength. Initially, it wasn't, and I worked on it, I worked on it, and now it's become my greatest strength.
0: Oh, So did he actually train with you a couple of times then as well?
1: Um, no, he we didn't train, but we had a ball there Like whilst we were waiting, and he was showing me how my leg should move, where I should make contact on the ball. So I guess you could say it was a bit of a training session, but no, not, not quite a full training session.
0: Oh, so um. Anyway, after your two years at Chelsea, you actually left the club. And what was that like leaving Chelsea?
1: Well, to be honest, it wasn't really much of a of a sad thing leaving because I was never signed at the club. I was always at the development centre, and I knew that now I was going to to trial like at Arsenal, which obviously is one of the the greatest clubs, the biggest clubs in the world, and. I was going to trial at the academy, so I knew that I had the the ability and also the possibility to sign there, which meant I'd be I'd always be playing at Arsenal, be training there, be playing matches for them, and I'd be signed at the academy. So it was it was an excitement, an exciting moment going to Arsenal, and I just wanted to show show my best self, and I knew inside that I could do it from from the first time I walked in through the door there. I had my first training session. I knew that I had the ability to get signed, and that's what what I showed throughout my trial. And I managed to get signed within five weeks.
0: Yeah, because I was gonna say originally you were meant to be doing it for eight weeks your trial, but you yeah. were so good. It actually only took around five or four weeks before signing you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember it was in the at the start of my fifth week on trial. Like, my my mum received a call, no my dad actually, my dad received a call from the coach. He just said that he wanted to have a meeting with me after training and I was obviously a little bit nervous to know because I didn't know maybe they wanted to release me or whether they were going to sign me but as soon as I walked in there and I saw the coaches I knew that it was positive news and that they wanted to sign me because I'd done really well on trial and they were really impressed with my ability so that was that was a really great moment, and after that, that's what I'd always worked for. I'd always wanted to get signed for an academy because I knew that was the start of the pathway to make it to professional football.
0: so would you say that's probably one of the highlights of your career then so far?
1: Well, at the time definitely um but since then there's definitely been a lot a lot better moments such as so just being with the Colombia national team, playing certain games for Arsenal, and yeah, I'd say there there definitely been better moments, but at the time it was it was a great moment, and there are still many great moments left to come in my career.
0: Oh, so what was it like playing your Arsenal debut, putting on the Arsenal, Arsenal shirt for the first time, with your name on the back?
1: It's something that people don't realise but it's a really big honour and you have to put the shirt on with a lot of pride because you know the history behind it and you know that there's a lot on the line when you're when you're representing such a big club, a club that's achieved so much throughout its history and that always has the the expectation of winning and being one of the top clubs. So it it's obviously Something that you have to do with a lot of pride and you have to value it a lot, but then at the same time you know that when you put on that shirt you can go out onto the pitch and show show how good you are and show why it is that you're playing for such a big club.
0: So do you really feel like quite big pressure putting on the shirt then?
1: Well, I don't feel pressure because I've always thought of pressure as being it's an it's an external it's it's a factor that you put on yourself that no one else creates pressure for you. You create your own pressure. So I've always thought of it like that, that if I don't create my own pressure, then I won't feel pressure. So because the game, whatever it is, the, whether it's a big game, whether it's a friendly game, whether it's a final, you can't control that. So you can't affect what game it is. So you just have to stay calm and approach it as, as you would any other game and not put any any expectations on yourself and just trust in your own ability because that way you know that you'll stay calm throughout the game and you'll be able to p- perform to your best because if you put pressure on yourself then you won't be relaxed when you play and you won't be able to perform to the best of your ability so it's it's about managing that a lot of people put pressure on themselves and they, they aren't able to perform at their best but the top players they they don't go put pressure on themselves they stay relaxed and that's why you see them thrive in pressurised games, as you would say, in big, big games.
0: Yeah, because um, after you played your first game, a couple months later, you played your first tournament for Arsenal in Valencia. And what was that like, travelling with the squad?
1: Yeah, so that was uh, my first tour. It was during the under-14 season. It was my first tour for Arsenal, so I was very excited going to Valencia. Because I knew that there were going to be some big clubs there, such as Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Valencia. They were all there, so it was it was a really good game. You know, it was a really good tournament, in fact. And um, I learned a lot, and it was a really great experience. As the first game that I played, there was against Real Madrid. Unfortunately, we we didn't win the game; we lost three 0 But it was really good to see how football is played in other countries, and. You can learn from everywhere because every country, every style of football has something to teach you. So going on these tours, going on these tournaments in other countries is always learning experiences. Even if you don't, don't win the tournament, you always go back knowing more, having seen more than you did when you went there. So it's a way that, to make you better.
0: Oh, so when you were actually at Valencia and you were playing teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona, did you kind of feel like you're playing future stars, or like maybe a future Messi or a future Ronaldo?
1: Well, I guess you could think of it like that, but when I'm there playing, I'm just focusing on myself. So you, you, you obviously do understand that the other teams have very good players, but. You never know; those future stars could be myself, could be other players in, in the team. So any any player could be, could be one of those future stars, and you never know where they could get to or when when a certain player might develop faster than another player, and when they'll be able to to uh, to be a star at the top 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 game.
0: Oh, so um, a couple months after the, the Valencia trip, you actually went to the, an England camp, and what was that like?
1: Yeah, so that England camp was was my second England camp. I'd gone to an England camp uh, a few months before that. So that the Valencia tournament was in October. I'd gone to an England camp in July, and then this camp that I went to was in in November. This England camp, and it was good because I knew, already knew what the experience was going to be like there with the with the England team because I'd already been in once and when you're when you're with the england team obviously it's it's something that you have to value a lot because only the best players get get picked to go there and um you you're able to see all sorts of players you're able to learn because when you've got the best facilities and also the best players and also really really knowledgeable coaches that have a lot of knowledge or a lot of experience in the game you know that they're going to be able to pass things on to you that you may not have not have learned before, may not have seen before, so it's always it's always an experience where you go to learn, and that's obviously helped me a lot
0: oh during this England camp as well, you were actually contacted by Russia, I believe, what was that like?
1: Well, I was contacted by russia it wasn't during the England camp it was in in August of 2020 so about about a year and a half afterwards and obviously my mom is russian so from that part i am i'm able to pay for russia i have a russian passport so initially they wanted to bring me to some training camps a few camps in certain countries in europe but as you know the whole situation with the covid virus hasn't helped us so that wasn't able to happen but one thing that I'm very excited about is that in August, specifically from the 16th to the 22nd of August, I've been called up for a tournament in France against um, some top teams around the world. So the teams that are going to be there. There's going to be Germany, uh, France itself, Russia, um, Turkey, Gabon, Algeria, Japan and Mexico. So that's going to be a really good experience to face players from different different parts of the world and also to hopefully have success at the tournament and always learn and always improve myself.
0: Oh, So would you say this would probably be the biggest tournament you've played in so far?
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely it will be the biggest tournament that I've played in so far, and I want to embrace everything that comes and to come out of the tournament being better than what I was going into the tournament.
0: Oh, So do you actually believe... Um... Well, obviously you're playing with Colombia at the moment. Do you believe you can bring Colombia quite some success?
1: Well, I believe that I can bring success to any team that I go on. One of the things that I was initially told when I came on after the trial is that I've had a really positive impact on the team and any team that I do play on, I have a positive impact because players have told me, coaches have told me they feel more comfortable with me in goal, they know they're secure when I'm in goal and also one of the reasons for that is due to my strong communication skills on the pitch. I'm a leader on the pitch, I'm always talking, always communicating, always giving instructions to the players and I feel like as a goalkeeper on on the pitch you have to act like a second manager because you can see everything, you can see every single player on the pitch. So you have to always be giving instructions to your players because they might not be able to see what you're seeing and that way you can prevent goals because that's why sometimes you see the top, top teams, um, the goalkeepers may not have so much to do. Obviously, it's due to them having very good defences, very good defensive players, but it's also due to the goalkeeper organising really well, getting defenders to close gaps to cover spaces to prevent the other team from getting in.
0: So, do you believe one day you're gonna captain Arsenal and Colombia?
1: Well, obviously, being a captain is 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 a is a great honour during the game to know that the coach, the head coach, the manager trusts in you to to be the captain on the pitch, to be the the official leader on the pitch, because it's it's a very prestigious role to be the captain, and obviously that's something that that I would aim for, to be the captain of any team that I do play on.
0: Well, talking about managers, the Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta, has actually watched you already, and what was that like?
1: Yeah, so during this season, throughout the season, there's been a couple of times where Mikel Arteta, I've seen him come down to watch our training sessions a few times, which is a really good thing to see, to know that is actively looking at the academy because you never know in a few years' time you will be there in and around the first team and you you could get your debut. So it's good to know that the manager trusts in youth players, as you can see in the first team now with the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka. And it's good to know that there's a clear pathway throughout the club between the academy and the first team because um obviously for anyone that's in Arsenal's academy it's their goal to to go through the academy and then go on to make their debut for the first team
0: so do you believe Mikel Arteta could be the one to give you your Arsenal debut
1: it's possible it's possible you never you never know who you want to give you your debut so you always have to be ready for your debut. So, for whenever it comes your you're ready to take the opportunity and and show them why you're being given your debut to keep your place.
0: Oh but um it's not just Mikel Arteta who's praising you. I've heard a lot of TV pundits and commentary praise you. And what's that like being recognized at such a young age?
1: Well obviously it's good to hear praise from people whoever it is because it makes you feel better about yourself first and foremost and also it, it, re- it, it reassures you and also gives you gives you confidence to know that what you're doing, you're doing it well. And so it, it gives you more motivation to keep working, keep working harder, keep improving every day. Because if you know they're giving you praise of what you are now, you know that you have a lot more potential A lot more space to improve in front of you so you can just imagine how good you could be in the future so that's one of the things that should motivate any player to keep improving
0: well you're not only a hero on the pitch you're also a hero off the pitch you're really helping Arsenal with them environmental problems at the moment can you tell us a bit about that
1: yeah so During the 2019-20 season, I joined the sustainability group at the club. So, all that is, is people from every department in the club where we meet every two or three months to talk about issues or ideas on how we can make the club more sustainable. So, from there, obviously, I was the representative for Hale End is where the under-9s to 16s academy train because I felt like initially Hale End was being a bit overlooked in terms of the sustainability bit. It was being focused a lot on London Colony, which is the first team training ground, and the Emirates Stadium. So I went in and put forward my ideas, and they were all implemented, and now Hale End's a much more sustainable place. And also from being in that sustainability group, I was able to to be on Sky Sports and have an interview with Bukayo Saka about sustainability, have a chat with him, so that was a really good experience. And also, I did a promotional video for Octopus Energy. As you know, Octopus Energy is one of Arsenal's sponsors, and they, they provide clean energy, so they filmed me, I was talking about sustainability, why it's important, what things we can do, what things I've done at the club, and it was it was a good way to promote the message and it's a message that has to keep being promoted because the environment is all around us, it's where we live in, so we need to make sure that we, we protect the environment and we, we have to li- limit the damage that we do, the, that, that we do to the environment to stop, to stop any problems that have arised and may arise in the future. So it's a responsibility for all of us to protect the, the, the world and the environment around us.
0: Oh, I bet you felt pretty proud of yourself. Oh, well, teaching Bukai Saka and Bern Leno and Pablo Maui and Hector Bellerin plays like that. Well, stars of Arsenal.
1: Yeah, obviously it's good to to chat to those to those top players and know that they can have such a big influence on people because a lot of people look up to them obviously and know that you and themselves. Um, share very similar views on how things should be done, and it's good to know that we're at a club like Arsenal, which puts a lot of focus, puts a lot of attention on the sustainability of the club, not only the club but also the the world. So it's, it's really good to know that we're at a club like that, and and to know that the club values things that are such a, such a big importance, such as sustainability.
0: So, do you find using your well obviously you're quite a big celebrity now and using your voice for stuff like that, do you think it's important for more footballers to do that?
1: Well, I wouldn't consider myself a big celebrity yet. Um I'm still I'm still only fifteen, so obviously I do I, I can have an impact on the people around me, such as my teammates, my friends at school, my family and any any people I meet. But yeah, it's important for any footballer. Any footballer, especially such as the likes of, as you mentioned, Bernardo, Bukayo Saka, Pablo Mari, and Bayerin, to use their voice, use their platforms on social media to spread the message and tell people what they need to do and how they can help by doing really small, simple things. Because if you think about it, it doesn't take a lot. And people think that oh, me doing this, such as me recycling this bottle or me using less electricity or or walking somewhere is it really going to make a difference obviously one person on their own won't make a difference but if we can get everyone doing that then that will make a big difference it'll make a really a really big collective effort and things will start to improve as they have already started to improve so everyone needs to take responsibility for their own actions in terms of sustainability and if they do, then other people will follow and we will see a big improvement in that area.
0: Oh, thank you for coming on, mate.
1: Yeah, that's fine. No problem. It was a pleasure speaking to you.
0: Oh, you may not be a big celebrity yet, but I want to see big things from you. World Cups, Champions Leagues, Premier League at Arsenal, maybe.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's Those are my goals. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, I hope you achieve all those things, mate. Um I'll cool, keep in contact you. with you and
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Send me a message any time. That's all
0: cool. Oh, and I'll see you later.
1: Cool, thank you, James. Oh, no problem thank... man.